0: Mercury pod, Mercury pod, <laughs> Mercury <broad. laughs> I appreciate the this music, but like I'm not going you. to participate. Yeah. <laughs> For so long, it's a
1: pod. Leticia Wright, let, let, leticia Wright is Might be an anti vaxxer.
0: Is that, that true, here. baby you didn't know about that no yeah. man
1: don't tell me I, this i you mentioned Letitia right in the last pod and i didn't know if i should ruin it for you or not she
0: shared a video on her twitter that got her in trouble and she's
1: like look i don't know i just think that we should ask questions yeah exactly <laughs> what the fuck but then That's if you actually click if you
0: actually click the video it was like oh honey. Yeah, yeah of the, course
1: the, it was like all right <laughs> people were like very transphobic and stuff it was like an hour-long discussion it's like T shirt now. That sucks. And then uh, I think that uh, Bobby Iggs kind of went to her and was just like, hey, so you need to delete your Twitter now. Yeah.
0: Now she deleted Twitter. No, he, yeah, he was just. You like, either make Black Panther 2. He was like, hey, look in, uh, he called her like, hey, look in a mirror right now. And she looked in a mirror and there was like a sniper laser pointer right on her forehead. He was like, yeah, so maybe delete that shit. <laughs> Hello. Oh. Welcome to the show. We bought a mic pop culture podcast here talking small acts a tv mini-series question mark question mark i mean what even is this stuff anymore <laughs> featuring uh some films by mr steve mcqueen mm-hmm. um not that one the other one yes yeah. the one who's alive <laughs> <laughs> What if what if the actor what if the old actor Steve McQueen made a bunch of like immensely personal like depictions of 60s and 70s black people? Yeah, living it's in like England?
1: Tupac after his dead, like it's still putting out new music. Um. Anyway, <laughs> oh, um. Man, I'm Ernest. I am, um, Hunter.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm Drew, uh, and we. Those were those were all like I think we can do another take on all those honestly. Well, like, we're we're a couple blue no, moons. I, let's let's do another one really I, quick. Ernie, Ernie Ernie, go ahead. I am Mercury Sound. <laughs> Mercury Sound. Mercury Sound. Uh-huh. Mercury, Sound. Uh-huh. Mercury Sound. Mercury Sound. Okay. I am Jeff Bezos and I'm <laughs> Drew. <laughs> all right, I think that no, was, that was better. good. That was better. And okay. I've been watching you. <laughs> for so long it's a shame
1: how much singing is this i mean because that's all of just a half of what we're discussing so we might as well we should do a review in singing um um i i was gonna say that uh
0: hunter you specifically should do your review in patois (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you know, whatever. You want there
1: might be. have been, a t- like, there might have been just a split second where it's like, should I do this for the opening? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there well, wasn't that second. But. Well, but because then the other side you can't do either because you don't want to do, like, the judge in the case. Yeah. Am I
1: going to just be, like, the racist white people? <laughs> um,. Yeah, so we're just talking about not all of Lovers Rock, just the first two. You mean not all of Small Axe? Just yes, yes. There and it I, is over now, Ernie. No, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's all out. Ernie. Came out and, and it's, so it's, it's five
0: total. It's five total. The first one entitled Mangrove is I, is is it the meatiest of the bunch? Yeah, it's it's a full on feature. Yeah, film. it's it's two hours and it like structurally is a movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's it has all the beats of a movie. Basically, all the other ones are around the hour mark okay very interesting it's it's the biggest like sort of challenge to the notion of blending movies and tv it is because it literally is a movie and then a bunch of tv
1: well i mean they are still like steve mcqueen has said like this isn't a television series. These are five films that I'm making. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's just ultimately this. I don't want to have this discussion for any longer because this is content and we watched it. Uh, and yeah, that's it pretty much. That's,
1: that's it doesn't it. matter too it much. Only, it, it makes is. a difference when we're like making a list. Is does this go on the top ten? I'm yeah, like I'll
0: I'll very shows? like Mangrove is the only one that I would put on a list of movies. Well, I, I mean, I've only seen two, but if the others are all an hour. But if, but if somebody put small acts on their list of TV of the year, that would also work. Yeah, yeah. no. Why yeah, because, Both. both would work. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, you know, many series are like this. This is an anthology series. It's different cast, different characters, different stories, every episode slash movie. So, yeah, yep. absolutely. Um. So I guess we should talk about Mangrove first. I think we should talk about Lovers Rock first because it's, it's the more... You can't succinct really, one
1: well and you can't really spoil lovers rock yeah like you can't like mangrove you could kind of get Granted, these are like real things that happen so if you yeah but no one knows if, if you know, the know fuck your british history
0: man- <laughs> mangrove is based on real people uh lovers rock is not lovers rock is is a fictional story based on real Based on a true yeah. vibe. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's start with the vibe first. So I i actually watched Lover's Rock first just because of the runtime. It just seemed more approachable to me to jump into a 70-minute thing rather than a two-hour thing. Um so I, I, I didn't watch uh mangrove until just recently, uh just a couple days ago, but I actually watched Lover's Rock uh maybe about a week or so ago and I've actually seen it a second time now. Um It's really easy to dive back into. It's a movie that depicts a house party in 1980s West London. And you just want to be there. You just want to hang. You just want to vibe at this party. And it just it feels good, man. You know, in a year where we can't have parties and we can't be close to each other, close to strangers uh you know can't have like a big house party like what we see in this movie it felt good to kind of give yourself over to what mcqueen is trying to go for in this movie and he goes for it his camera is all up in there mm-hmm. the music the feel the sound it's all just so palpable i was so in it yeah the- so transported yeah the 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 thing with uh, Lovers Rock in particular, they both they both have a lot uh, in common style wise. But McQueen is really, really good at like flowier directing, like directing that just sort of follows the emotions of what's going on. Um, and he he directed Widows, right? Yep. Yeah. I feel like he was just absolutely wasted directing Widows. I like
1: I, I think that I think Widows is actually like an under like Windows is kind of grown in my head. It was, really? showed up. Yeah, it was on um. I, cause I still pay for live TV like an idiot. Um, it was on like some channel and I just like tuned in. It was at like the hour mark and I just stuck around for like 25 minutes the other day. I was like, this, this movie's good. Like it's, it's a good movie. It, it's well directed yes. for sure. Yeah. But I think that if,
0: when his style, Uh, gets to be what it is in Lover's Rock I think that's McQueen is best Mm. and he can't be like that in Widows like there's no way in hell but
1: he's good what I think that what he is good and what Small Axe has shown that he is excellent at is kind of weaving vibe in with plot I mean that's the thing I just saw 12 Years a Slave for the first time this year which is a much more dark plot but a lot of that movie is just kind of based on the tone and just like the characters that you're with Mm. and it's (laughs) <laughs> kind of the complete opposite tone Of Lover's Rock but it is still you're just Being propelled by a tone While watching that movie
0: yeah It's it's really lovely the thing That Lover's Rock does Maybe I mean this is really lame Because Lover's Rock is so well done In so many ways the performances the uh, The aesthetic of it just The feel is yeah. is incredible But I think a lot of that Is because of The sound mixing hmm because they uh, you know whoever's in charge in con- you know in conjunction with McQueen they did a better job of capturing the way that low end comes through in live music settings better than I've ever seen um where the, like the bass notes of whatever's playing at this party are just rumbling through your ears like it's really really something um yeah. and that like it it draws you in so much because you The only time that you hear rumbling like that when you're listening to just normal music is when you're at a big party that's playing live music. Um, So it just it triggered something within me that was just really it was it was I think it was a really special job. Mm -hmm. What's that coupled with the fact that you of what you're seeing? It's not just what you're hearing. It's what you're seeing. You're seeing these DJs set up the system. Mm -hmm. You see them pull the speakers out of the truck you see them lug them up you see them plug everything in you see them doing their thing in the heat of the party so the 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 visual stimulus is paired with what you're hearing no yeah the visuals are fucking excellent yeah because like i said he he is so good uh at directing faces like he's so good at just following who is feeling something and hands mm-hmm. so many hands so, yeah, many hands so many hands on hands. asses <laughs> this this whole episode is just a bunch of, of it's, horny
1: shit I mean it's ve- this yeah it's it's a very very horny movie Um, I was gonna say so this is going to sound condescending but I don't mean it uh, whenever I say this I watched this movie actually on an airplane um, I was coming back from a, uh, Christmas thing that I was having with my parents. No worries. Got tested. I'm negative. We're all good. Um, but this is kind of like a perfect airplane thing. It's 70 minutes. I was like sitting there. I was just like, do I want to listen to music or do I want to watch a movie? This thing is pretty short. I'll just throw this on and just I uh, had my tablet out and watched it. It was just kind of so easy and flowing that it just kind of took me on this ride yeah it's it's
0: something that like you told me beforehand ernie you've already watched it twice because it's just something you can just put on and feel good yeah it's
1: a perfect anything watch yeah exactly like it's just it's so like any setting kind of one of the things i wasn't doing it because i was just on a plane so i have it there but it seemed like it was kind of one of those things that you could like it's okay if you like look at your phone or something like that, or you can just be watching everything that's happening because you'll never be disappointed by a single thing that's on the screen that's being captured. And it's, it was just absolutely excellent. Like it just, it it blew me away. This whole, yeah, this whole movie, like the way that it looks, the way that it sounds, the performances are really good in like very light roles. I, have a couple people that i wanted to shout out whenever we get more into it but everybody in this movie is so good at giving you just it's very little dialogue but you can tell like they have a full person inside of them like every person that you see at this party they feel real they feel like they are coming from their own background and they're just coming to this place to brush everything else off in their lives and we only see A couple more in-depth slices of this, but everything in this party feels realized. A lot of that is... Talking about the set of the equipment, the women who are cooking uh, the very beginning and Beautiful. just also singing Perfect. to themselves and everything else. Yeah, the song that we hear that's later the on. other
0: thing with with the sound mixing. There's so much good foley work that I almost didn't believe it, it was fully work. Like I thought they just kind of had like incredible booms over everything because, yeah. man, the way they capture sound is is just gorgeous. It, it really honestly makes you feel like you're there. Like, I know that that's a word that's tossed around a lot with with something like this just to be like to 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 make it immersive and whatnot. Um, but this this really is immersive, you know, and it is 100 percent the sound design, but it it's also the camera. Oh, no, it's like it's everything. I was just really blown away by because I've seen, you know, I knew Steve McQueen was incredible with the camera. But there there are so many long takes yeah. here and there are so many takes. Especially towards the end, uh that scene at the end where the men just sort of take over and sort of unburden themselves on the dance floor, just going in. Mm. That that's that you know the new version of that? Is the boys potting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just we all like have that. our shirts off right uh-huh. yeah. uh-huh. now. <laughs> <Come on>.
1: that,
0: <laughs> that shit it was like The camera was fighting to stay in that room. Like it was whoever was working the camera was having to elbow their way. Yeah, he was in the mosh pit.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There's a point during that scene when there's just a dude just like gyrating on the ground. And I have been to concerts and stuff like that that have people just going that ape shit crazy. But this is just in such a confined space. And the thing is that we can go from that scene to a very, very tender, slow love song where everybody is just holding each other close mm. and just slowly dancing. Grinding. Nothing, nothing about it feels smash cutty at all. It all works. I think there are a couple smash cuts, but they're done well. Yeah. no, I, I meant that like that they aren't done in a way that ever takes you out of the vibe.
0: There's a couple things that I think are genius about this. Um, I think going back to your point about like the sort of slice mentality of the storytelling, I think that that's part of the genius where in, in another movie, this would be the best scene in the movie and the whole movie would sort of build up to this party scene and you'd have a whole bunch of stuff before and a whole bunch of stuff after But the choice to make this the entire piece is a stroke of genius. We're not going to have anything else. We're not going to have anything before and nothing after. We're just going to have this one 70-minute piece be just about what would otherwise be the best scene in a movie will just be the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then what starts to happen is you get these moments that inform a larger idea. Mm. These unspoken moments, these looks, these glances – These little tiny beats that touch on something bigger. You know, you have the the white guys outside who are like doing very racist monkey noises. Um, You have just the the overall sort of loving tenderness that comes through the dancing. Again, the the intensity, the unburdenedness of the, the moment. There's all of these other sort of plot points going on throughout but essentially what this party is is a pocket inside of a of a larger story everybody who is attending this party is experiencing something else in the Mm day-to-day in the world and they're coming to this party to have some sort of control over their surroundings yeah um not in a way that's abrasive but in a way that is like uplifting yeah that's uh, a thing i really loved about this is that it it like i i also loved mangrove which has more of a uh an established form to it but this it has a there's a lot of tension in this definitely especially yeah they do they try to tell like an actual story here yeah and they're they're like there is a lot of um i guess negative emotions like within this but overall what you're getting is love um and i don't know it just the the way that it ebbs and flows to me was really special because it doesn't i I couldn't have predicted when things would take a turn for the negative or the positive it but it whenever it did it felt right yeah there's there's a subplot with like this guy who's sort of like on the party yeah, kind of like, like, like doing a rape or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on and then there's the the cousin who's like causing a ruckus and then you know there's the whole idea of like people coming to this party to hook up so mm-hmm. our main character um our i guess martha.
1: I, yeah martha um amara j st alban I wanted to give her a shout out because she is so good. I've and never seen her before in anything. She, she is great. Away.
0: Yeah, and Michael Ward as mm-hmm. well. Um, there is that subplot of like just sort of like the the meat cute that happens here. Um, so there are like sort of story threads throughout this, but I feel like that's not really the point. Like yes. you can all of that can go completely over your head, especially with the dialect, because this is like heavy Caribbean. Uh, London
1: London Jamaican kind of yeah yeah exactly Speaking that if you
0: don't Have closed captioning on you're gonna struggle To catch half the words but It like doesn't even matter Because the performances are so Good and you don't even have to understand what they're Saying to uh, to understand the emotion hey, subs, I'm acting <laughs> i i did the one of the two times i watched it was with subs but i no the other right, time was, well i this, didn't have it and i got a lot out of it this anyway. is this is also the thing uh i it was in some review that i read someone said this about steve mcqueen but most of his stuff you you could watch fully silent yeah mm-hmm. like it works on that level because he's so visually gifted yes um and you're, you know, he follows emotional through lines. So you never are wondering, hey, what's going on with this person?
1: So, and I was going to say this also like kind of feeds into your point that you made, Drew, about how this feels like this would be the middle part of a worse movie. That was where it would just... No, earnest. I think I said that. Um, <laughs> that I think weird. that I actually said that. I'm, yeah, I'm going I'm to compliment myself on that point. <laughs> but like, you are right that like this does, because we have these other subplots that are kind of almost throwaways given the just what we see on the screen itself, but they do work for that point to give this kind of slice of life feel because this is just a vibe project. And I mean, it really is just, a, you just want to be in this room with these people and you feel yeah. like you are there with them. You feel like you were just at the lover's rock, just kind of looking around and, Maybe you're looking for a lover. Maybe you are preying on women. I don't know. I'm not going to judge who you okay, are. Okay, what? <laughs> Jeez. We're the, I don't think we're doing a good job here. Um, I'm just on saying, on no, I'm saying like how the camera just feels like a person at the party. Yeah.
0: It, yeah. Lo- lovers Rock is actually like a specific off, like a subgenre of reggae. Um, And the music is so specific yeah like the choices in the songs yeah this, are what the sound, sell the this sound thing. drops because there's also there's this one especially has a lot of just diegetic sound obviously because we're at a party where live music is the main thing but like there's also some non-diegetic and uh also in mangrove where it's just like perfect mm. so well chosen mm. uh, incredible flow of songs and you're right. Like it's because it like historically stacks up. Like there's exactly. a reason. Like this is at a house party in like West London or whatever in this community in the year 1980. This is what they're playing. Yeah. So um, the the two big ones are um the um kung fu fighting. Like that one's everybody loses yeah. their shit when that drops. Yeah. Everybody was fast as lightning when that yeah. drops.
1: <laughs> the, it Was a little bit frightening.
0: The other one is um oh my god. Uh, Um, I'm totally blanking on it. Who cares? baby. Um,
1: when I see you.
0: You know, I'll tell you one thing. This soundtrack to this made me hate ska punk so much more. Like, if you, like, I don't know how you could earnestly listen to a full ska punk album. You gotta
1: love white people appropriating reggae
0: music. It genuinely made me, like, angry thinking about while watching this. I was like, this music is so fucking good and vibey and, like, it's so right for life. And then, like, yeah. And then the the fucking West were just like, what are you doing, man? So Silly Games by Janet Kaye is, like, the big song um where it plays in its entirety and then the dj cuts it out and then the entire crowd sings it again again in its, in its entire, entirety
1: back to back completely acapella and it is just magic it's so good too that like it's not like nothing about this movie is overproduced including the acapella like there's people that are just singing there off key like, and that's like, that's but fine. But there's one girl who hits the yeah. high note. Yeah. And, and everybody's like, ooh. Insane. Yeah, like, it's like literally like if you were just at some kind of a party or a live show and the artist cuts out their music, people are going to sing along. Not everybody's going to be on cue, but there's going to be some person just standing next to you who like fucking knocks it out of the park. Like this, it. that's what I mean about this feels so real and so, so real and realistic. I think
0: that, one of the biggest things about this piece, this film, whatever you want to call it, is it shows us the power of black culture for real, like fully stripped of the the burden of, of racism, because in Mangrove, that that burden is part of the story. Like these people are on trial it, wrongfully because of like a racist police regime in their neighborhood and this story in lovers rock that sort of racism is on the margins but for the most part it doesn't make its it really doesn't make its way in at all into this party it it it, it is black people just fully owning this space and and really being themselves without feeling the weight of, of how they're being oppressed when they're not at this party. It is a way to disconnect from the reality of racism. And it is so beautiful. It is so, so well done. And it just feels like, God damn, like we need more of this. We need more stories like this and we need to, to, to understand what we're, what we're depriving people. From when we excuse hatred and when we enable hatred and racism, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the beauty that can happen when we just let people be themselves and like and and especially black people that bring so much culture from these Caribbean countries and
1: whatnot, it's absolutely magical, so I mean, we talked about uh, at the top of this about like how. Steve McQueen chose this kind of format for releasing his, uh, this project, I guess is the best term for it. And I think that one of the things that he was trying to do, because Steve McQueen has been, I mean, he's a very vocal person out in the public about how you can have black filmmakers make movies that aren't explicitly about the black experience I think that's kind of one of the things that he wanted to make a movie like widows for where he's just like, I can just make a kick-ass heist movie mm-hmm. with black people, but it's not about race directly. It's still, it still ties into it though, but it, it ties into it, but it's not as explicit as something like mangrove or trial of the Chicago seven or like, which is made by a white person, but that's a different podcast. But I think that one of the things that he wanted to do with this, project because i know so mangrove is about um race relations with the police and then red white and blue which is the fifth episode is about race relations with the police but otherwise the other three have more space to kind of mingle and focus in on a vibe or a person and race affects their life but that's not the sole thing like that is not explicitly what the movie is trying to mainly express.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and again that's the beauty of this party. You know, that's what these people are coming to this party for and that's the magic of being immersed in this party. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many moments where it's just like uninhibited vibe. It is so good, so good. There's a moment where it's like the wallpaper is sweating. There's just like water dripping from the walls there's there's so many moments where everybody's just so tuned into the music, whether they're rowdy or tender and and moving softly. It's like, god damn this is this is perfection. Steve McQueen is really good at directing like he's very, very good um, and I think he might be a little underrated of course yes as a black man like yeah of course yeah and also just his his output theatrically has like i still i'll stand by the fact that i think widows was a disappointment especially because it was written by jillian fucking flynn as well like that movie should have been a lot better i think i really do Um, i'm not saying it's his fault but like that was that movie could have been a really big deal for him um not that he needs like a huge deal or anything, but uh, we should get into Mangrove,
1: though, because
0: yeah, I Man- wanted I wanted to ask you, Hunter, though, that he lost the Oscar to Corone, right? Yes. For yep. Gravity.
1: Yeah. So he does not have a, an Oscar one. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has a producer a producing credit. Yeah. For they were like, here's him, your- him and Brad Pitt share a producing Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. Here's your slave
0: movie Oscar, Steve McQueen.
1: Look, I, so I was actually, this is a total sidebar, but I was a little bit kind of scared to watch 12 Years a Slave because I was like, I was like, I haven't seen this, and, like, I know it's going to be good, but, like, I don't know if I, like, have the emotional weight for it. And don't get me wrong. It's an emotionally weighty movie, but it's also, like, I think every person should watch 12 Years a Slave. Like, it is a masterpiece in its own right. It's not something I'm just going to, like, hey, babe, for date night at home, you want to just fire up 12 Years a Slave tonight? It's not one of those movies, but, like... It is still just so, so compelling, so good. I mean, yeah, I don't think he
0: could make something that's not like at least good. I really wanna watch Hunger and Shame. I have yeah. those at the top yeah. of yeah, my his, list Yeah, his now. early stuff, I really, really wanna watch. Like after watching these, which have a little more room for experimentation, I yeah. wanna see what he did before he had to do I think that deal.
1: Hunger is on a streaming It's on service. Criterion. Yeah, it's on Criterion, yeah. So Mangrove is the proper film
0: so yeah. lovers, lovers rock. I would still call a film, but Mangrove has like the actual like structure and blueprint of yeah, what it's a we movie. know. And it's, well, and movie. it's also a, a genre film. It's yeah, a, it becomes a spe- like the second half of this is a
1: relatively straightforward courtroom movie. Can I give a little uh, a little uh, anecdote before we get into Mangrove? Is that I? So I watched this movie. um I'm gonna guess that we're all going to love this, but it's it's I, amazing. I watched this movie, and then afterwards, I was like, "Man, I'm really like this movie fired me up. I want to watch another courtroom drama." And I fired up <laughs> the Trial of the Chicago Seven oh, Hunter, <laughs> and I got about 30 minutes in, and I was just like. What am I doing? And I just kind of stopped, <laughs> I like kind of just sat in silence. I paused it on Netflix and then just like sat, thought about myself for thirty minutes, and then was just like, "I'm done with this. I can't. I don't know, do this anymore." Well, that that is let that be <laughs> because a lesson. yeah, because here's the moral of the story: is that Mangrove is better than Trial of the Chicago yeah, Seven, no
0: doubt. <laughs> Um, this movie absolutely floored me. Yeah, and we, I, I think I enjoyed Lover's Rock more, like but as a movie, like this is just Mangrove is impeccable. really good. Yeah, it really it really really is. Um I had a hard time initially. this is skipping ahead, I guess, but I had a hard time with the transition to a courtroom movie from what it was before that because I was really liking what it was before that. Yeah. and it does it goes way more genre-y in the back half than I thought it would. Um, But it's still really good in the back half as a genre film. He sticks Mm -hmm. to a lot of tropes when it comes to the heavy
1: courtroom shot. Yeah, exactly. It does, but I mean, there's still like good and bad use of tropes. And I mean, he makes it work. Yeah, like he he still makes it fucking... Same. Yeah, that's the thing uh, I think that gets lost a lot. The word
0: trope isn't a negatively connotated word. Mm. It's an um, established yeah, form. Yeah, they're they're for a thing a that exists for a reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. Some of uh, the stuff, like some of the things in the back half did strike me as a little a little bit too much. Yeah. Like, uh, not not necessarily like, not not so much of a hindrance, but just, I think the first half of this movie was above uh certain moves he made in the back half even though the thing with courtroom dramas is they're sports movies mm-hmm. it's one side versus the other and they're strategizing and they're making moves to defeat the other and and you know who's going to win i didn't <laughs> yeah but no i'm
1: saying like in a sports movie
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I legitimately
1: did not know what the outcome of this is going to be when I watched it because I don't know this. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why, like,
0: we really shouldn't spoil anything historical because everyone is stupid. We're stupid. Who knows this shit? Um, It also this. uh, I was talking about how Mank. When we talked about Mank, is a a really great movie to be shown in like film education classes. This is going to be shown in British. Uh, history classes Mm -hmm. this is going to be like the sub day movie that you show because it's a really good movie it's captivating and it teaches you a lot about the british judicial system Mm -hmm. it really does i i certainly learned a lot yeah those wigs (laughs) well this movie yeah i mean this case was legitimately very critical in modernizing the entire system in in england and you learn so much about how immensely stupid it was back then so a little bit of table setting so we have our our main guy sean park's um, just who, a f- f- absolute, Frank Critchlow. Yeah, that man is a killer. He gives just a fucking powerhouse performance in this movie. I know Leticia Wright is like top build and everything, but he just yeah. he floored me. He's the owner of a of a cafe called the Mangrove in Notting Hill in London. Mm-hmm. And uh it's it's a safe haven for immigrants from the Caribbean into yes. London. And it's not necessarily like the most high class place but it's a place of extreme uh culture it's like a hub for culture there's a scene in this movie where they just break out into a spontaneous party yeah. and it is one of the most beautiful things i've seen like probably ever it's a long take which there are so many mm-hmm. of in this movie and in lovers yeah rock. we
1: didn't even mention the lovers rock out there i'll just be like 12 minutes without cutting just walking around the party
0: but he he just is so good mm-hmm. at it and in that one in particular where they just have the 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 steel pans out and they follow him out to the street and it still doesn't fucking cut as more people join the party and they're all partying oh
1: my god God, it's so good. That's what I, So I was going to say that despite this movie not being as much vibe as Lovers Rock, there's still plenty of vibe in this movie. Yeah, yeah the just, like, first there's half. Just, especially, and I think that you guys are, like, the first half is definitely better, even if I still really loved the second half of this movie when it does become a little bit more traditional. But I just, I I do really like that this movie, it doesn't ever rush into anything like we spend enough time with all these characters even like the shitty cops and stuff like that like it's not like the cops come by once and then they start protesting It's like five or six times it's several times yeah they're
0: uh Always being disrupted by particularly this one fucking PC police. Yeah.
1: PC Sam Spruell. Uh, yeah. So
0: such just, such an archetypal character. Yeah. He's the just, racist white cop. He's just straightforwardly awful. He has no other motivations. He just sucks. like yeah. He absolutely blows. And he all he wants is to be racist to black people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, which. Frankly, you got to assume that those dudes did exist back then cuz they still kind of do now a little oh, bit. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh he he just keeps on raining on their parade. I like the first half better. I think largely because Frank Critchlow is a monster in Dude, that first he's half. So he good. eats up his lines. He eats up that screen. He's all over the fucking place. It, it, it's a really interesting character because uh toward the second half like the mangrove it comes to represent like this huge social movement in this court case that is supposed to change the whole way these uh cases are processed and he is reluctant um he he didn't necessarily want the mangrove to be that he wanted to run a business that that, you know Mm -hmm. that was for his people but he didn't want it to become this outsized movement well, Leticia Wright represents, or well, her character, I should say, represents the Black Panther Party. Yeah. And he's like, ex- that's what he's reluctant to. Yeah. Like, he exactly. doesn't want any, ha- he doesn't want to have any Black Panther meetings at the he, band. Yeah. Like anything. he's already getting so much shit from uh, PC Pulley. Like he's very scared. By the way, PC Pulley, every time that name was said, all I could think of was TC Tuggers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: PC
0: Pulley. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. We have to send them home. <laughs> no, no. Oh god. Um. But Sean Parks, Frank Critchlow, he he's been in stuff before. He's been in stuff that I've seen, but I've never taken much note of him. He doesn't uh, have like the feel of a traditional lead. Obviously, his his top thing in Letterbox is the Mummy Returns. Yeah, the
1: Mummy Returns. Sean Parks. Yeah. I just it's such a bummer. Like he is. He reminds me of um, whenever we were watching uh, Defy Bloods. Um, like a Delroy Lindo Yeah, Delroy Lindo, where it's just like, it's a guy who's just been around for forever, but he never got the yeah. opportunity to is- shine. That's
0: that's another thing that it bugs me just a tiny bit about this movie, is he has so much fire in this first half. He is actively against, so against PC Pulley and against the police in general. And he takes... A little too much of a backseat, I think, for how they establish him up front. I know that it, it it is a little bit representative of real life where he was this reluctant uh, cultural leader. But uh, it, like in the beginning of this movie, you're like this man moves like he can move the world with his voice. Mm. And uh, then he just becomes this sort of like he's almost portrayed as a coward in the second half.
1: Well, it's I think that it's less so that he's portrayed as a coward as a coward. And it's more so that this just becomes a full ensemble piece. Yeah. Like as great as Letitia, Wright Is there's like plenty of people who get to shine in the back half. I mean, Malachi Kirby who plays a, uh, darkest and, um, Washington, well, yeah. Sandal. Yeah. Um, well, like, yeah, it exactly. becomes Darkus. just so many other people like that pop up in here. Jack Loden, who side, I was really worried when his character guy introduced Dude. that. I was like, we're going to have a white savior here. Aren't no, we? me too. Be, uh, Particularly, you know why I
0: was worried when he pops up in this movie? Because he, he plays this um this lawyer who's been sort of out of practice and he comes in, he's very progressive, he's young, he's cool, and he wants he's the one who uh, wants to shepherd this case into being a cultural movement. When he comes in, he has one of the worst wigs on I've ever seen. <laughs> it's awful. The, the, sh- the, the Parliament looking wig, the, the court wig? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Not the, not the parliament. Because those wigs suck in real life. Okay. But when he, when his character is introduced, he just, ha- he has like a wig that's straight out of Bohemian Rhapsody on. Yeah, it's, it's bad. um He looks like the, the, um, drummer in that movie. Like, maybe he is.
1: <laughs> what do I? I, I honestly. <laughs> he, no. So whenever demon. I first saw Jack Loaden on screen, I was like, Is that Jim Sturgis? <laughs> is Jim Sturgis in this um, movie? I, I honestly. I
0: kind of bought into the character. No, I did. Well, I did too because I like him. I think he did good. Yeah. Like, I think we needed like the sort of flimsy lawyer. Well, here's I think here's the reason why we needed him so bad, because um, every even the the lawyer that's representing uh, Frank Critchlow, the guy who's trying to get him to plead guilty, even that guy is just a stuffy old white establishment guy. Um, Yeah. And they have the confrontation at the end when he's telling him, like, you got to plead guilty. Exactly. It's like a whole standoff. And so there's just so like this is such a frustrating movie to watch because the people we like are just getting shit on it every turn. They have so much stacked against them all the time. Like the system is so rigged against them, and this is because in real life the system was absolutely rigged against them, and so Jack, and that's explicitly said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, literally, because it's just like you can't avoid it. It's insane how fucked they were by just living there. Um, and Jack Loden, it, he he brings a little levity in in certain moments where like I really needed it because he is what you would he's a an attorney like he is representing them he is speaking directly to the judge um he's like their conduit but like when the whenever he pisses off the judge he smiles you know when I started seeing that I got a lot more comfortable with the courtroom side of the movie mm. because uh it it I don't know it felt like it made more sense. Like it was a puzzle piece that needed to be there because also someone who wasn't stuffy needed to teach all these characters how to represent themselves. Cause that's what they were doing, which is insane. That's that, that was a crazy turn in the movie when they're like, Oh yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna represent ourselves. Like I feel like in, if any other movie did that, it, you can just throw away any sense of believability or like suspension of disbelief if you're like i'm gonna represent myself in my own fucking court trial no way dude but this is a real thing that happened And i mean
1: you have to make that buy-in and it wouldn't have worked if they didn't all represent because it was the fact that people did represent themselves that is what made it what makes people be able to go and protest and walk the streets and england right now and not be arrested and charged for this bullshit charge that they used to have that existed which is unbelievable which especially i mean this movie was in production it was made pre-quarantine so it's before the most recent Batch of Black Lives Matter protests In our country but yeah. like just kind of How pertinent this is How, how pertinent the showing, cops'
0: strategy of sa- I forget the actual term but of Sandwiching the protesters yes. so yeah. they have no Choice but to fight their way out and then yes. you can Arrest them for fighting that's, the cops That
1: still is a that thing happened that happened in it, New York Like on bridges It, it happened, happened everywhere it happened, everywhere. It happened, it happened in Orlando happened. Yeah, Like it yeah, was exactly. a thing that it, things didn't escalate As bad as they did in other places but that's still A thing a tactic that they Do like they're like yeah. treat protesters like wrangling cattle i don't know maybe i shouldn't have even had any concerns at all that jack loden uh uh what's his character's name um ian mcdonald yeah ian mcdonald maybe i shouldn't have any concerns that he was going to be a white savior character because this is a movie written and directed by a black man and he knows not well, to do that you
0: know you know what he, he is he's um martin freeman in black panther
1: well he's, yeah. He's yeah not the
0: white savior. he's the white helper
1: yeah exactly <laughs> he's just ex- but like it's just it's just like a little bit like they wouldn't have gotten as far as they did without this person but it's not a yeah. white savior so, it's not kevin costner and dances with wolves yeah.
0: uh, also speaking toward the like tale of two movies facet of this movie uh one thing that I think you could hold against this movie just a bit, although not much is that it doesn't show a ton of the work being put in to for these characters to become so well-versed in law when they represent themselves. It's like genuinely like unreal how good they are at representing themselves Mm -hmm. in court.
1: Well, there's a year in between them being arrested and going to trial. (laughs) You
0: know, it's like the classic it's, uh, it's one of those old editing tactics where like, do you show the, the hard process where like they, they, you learn it which is not necessarily fun to watch but it does make it feel more earned yeah the thing that the reason i for, was willing to forgive that is because uh this isn't courtroom movie it's half a courtroom movie we had an hour to get through all this so to cut that out in order to make this two hours i think is justifiable because i don't want this to be two and a half hours and part of me feels like you know i i haven't seen the other um small acts uh ones but I feel like if you were to watch all five of them, that type of stuff would automatically sort of just dissolve because you're experiencing sort of the – there must be a reason why McQueen wants these five pieces to be under the same umbrella. Yeah. So, you know, when you start to get into that sort of process, you might start to lose – the sort of umbrella connected no, exactly. tissue that That's he's trying thing. to get across and most of the time passage stuff because a lot of time does pass in this like you said um is i think pretty well managed like when when you know they'll they'll have like an expositional line where they say like oh it's been nine weeks since then and you're like okay now we're here um it's just a matter of like in a in a actual long ass like courtroom drama if, if that had been the meat of the movie I would have wanted to see more because there were certain
1: moments where I was like, oh, my, they are lawyers. (laughs) Um, They do. They do do a good job, though. And another reason I was able to forgive it is like it's very clear in the front half that these are very, very smart people. mm -hmm. Like for all the people for as much as PC pulley is bullying these people like they are smart Critchlow is a good business owner. He says that he's had like two or three other businesses get shut down because of yeah. PC Pulley. Like, um, wow. he's a good. The fact that he is still able to make another business and make it profitable that yeah. can run until it gets shut down by the police again shows that he's good at business. Yeah. I mean, Darkest is extremely Darkest is really smart. Letitia Wright, of course, as the local leader of the Black yeah. Panthers, is very hey. smart and very in tune yeah. with local politics. So, about her.
0: Uh, about latisha Wright, i it's it's hard to get a gauge on anyone as an actor from a marvel movie alone and that's all i had to work with it was black panther and she does really well in black panther but i you know what are those all right well <laughs> cool cool it's just like how am i gonna make an actual assessment of an actor based on one of these movies these aren't they're not acting movies yeah um she's for real
1: yeah she, she can carry another Black Panther. She is for like real. She gives even a even she might fucking an anti accent. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. She it's okay. runs. Like the second half of the movie, the, it, like you said, it is a true ensemble piece, but she is she's making a run for like owning it. Like she is absolutely slaying the second half of this movie. She has some absolutely standout moments. Yeah. Well, especially because like like a lot of courtroom dramas uh, there are a lot of like really lengthy monologues or like you know like heavy acting like crying delivering like a a pretty meaty paragraph of lines which is just straight up hard to do and feel human like because mm-hmm. that isn't how humans talk or act well it's also what she's representing like again mm-hmm. she's like she has like this sor- whole sort of cultural movement on her back the Black Panther Party yeah and and she's coming into this community in in a role that already has like some some sort of like abrasive connotation to it yeah yeah and they don't want to necessarily have an agitator agitator figure come into their mm-hmm. space but the reality of the situation is that the cops are going to do their thing regardless of whether or not she gets involved They're going to fuck shit up. Yeah. So they – the movie doesn't, like, go all in on this, but essentially they need her. Yeah. They need her to be the agitator to inspire them to stand up to the racist cops. So she is sort of this, like – cornerstone character in the whole thing mm-hmm. uh, like it's very important for that actor in that performance to be well cast and I think that she could not have done any better like she mm-hmm. really really blew me away man but I do think the darkest how character is also key mm-hmm. to that because yeah. he's the one who actually convinces Frank to have the demonstration in the first place and to stand up to the cops there's a scene That again plays out in a single continuous take with a locked off camera where Frank and Darkus have a conversation and Darkus convinces him to stage this demonstration against the police and my God, what a scene. Like holy shit. Mm-hmm. Again, the standard cinematic language we're used to is shot reverse shot in a conversation. Yeah, but man. McQueen is like, okay, I understand the 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 meaning behind this conversation. So I'm gonna step back mm-hmm. and I'm gonna lock off this shot and have it all play out in one continuous take. He, and he's... and and Frank even goes to the kitchen and like talks to somebody on the phone and gets pissed it's like a a, a elected member of parliament or something and then comes back and it never cuts. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, absolutely like mouth to the floor. Well, you know why is because it's not, Show offy in the way that it's Executed it's not like hey look what I did In one take I I don't think there's anything Show offy at all And that's Well usually when you think of like long Ass takes you're like you're thinking Of some you know 1917 Yeah you're thinking of something that's more like (laughs) Birdman an achievement but this yeah, It's more athletic and this is So good because It feels right When he does these shots it's not just For the sake of doing them Like he is such an intuitive filmmaker. Um, I, I think, I mean, obviously he's like the main winner of this whole series, but of each individual piece, I still think he is because he is just, he's bringing like everything he could possibly bring because he, he co-wrote this, uh, script with another writer. Uh, and directorially, there are no faults in this. Like it is just a home run all the way through. Um, in the courtroom stuff it shifts the, like the style shifts because it has to you cannot shoot a courtroom in a flowy fashion that doesn't make sense courtrooms are jagged and yeah. structured you have mm-hmm. to adjust your style uh, otherwise you are you're not uh you're doing your own thing he is he serves the material so well i think in his movies that you almost don't realize how good he is. I think that's a big part of why he's underrated because he understands what the movie needs. He doesn't insist upon like being like, okay, this is going to be my Oscar uh, sequence. Mm-hmm. Like it's not right. like that. Exactly. Yes. The whole thing is the Oscars. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like, this is this scene. This is what is like. This is the material I'm given. These are the actors. This is like the, the you know, the uh, location we have here's the best way to possibly shoot it. Yeah. Like it's so intuitive. Uh, It just, it blew my fucking mind, especially because you, I didn't do any research, but I know for a fact, this is all just really killer on location shooting in the first half of this. Uh, So these spaces are confined. Like these are spaces that are limiting and like where you can put the camera. And it never feels that way. It always just feels like unlimited creativity.
1: We've also, we've talked about it before with the cast in lovers rock and in mangrove. But both of these are just kind of Steve McQueen and, um, the casting director, just like flexing on their ability to find people who either are just like non actors or actors that have just been kind of stuck doing shit. Like, uh, like Sean parks has where he's just like the 16th guy build on a mummy movie or something like that. Like, where it's just like he's just people who are just like people of color who are just throwaway actors in all of these movies and being able to find the talent that they have in each of these yeah, individual people. This it's one is unbelievable.
0: The mangrove, especially, I think just like didn't really have any weak links performance wise. Like, uh, it, it's just like the the bench is so deep in this movie but I think it all comes back to the directing because i I, I do think that there are so many areas where something like this could fall apart mm-hmm. because it it does rely on these quote unquote tropes and whatnot and there's even moments that like if like there's a moment where the the court starts to get really rowdy mm-hmm. they're they're placed in this like box in the center like all of the defendants and they they get very vocal and very agitated Mm -hmm. and i think that i I mean i haven't seen trial of the chicago seven but i'm just gonna assume that like a movie like that can get extremely performative with with these sort of moments where the people in the courtroom are like getting very loud and very uh, opinionated about what's happening in the courtroom and when that happens in this movie it never takes you out of it it just Always stays under a certain threshold, and even as they get vocal, when you know, like in real life in a real courtroom, like people wouldn't really get that big and loud. Yeah, and but expressive. it doesn't feel as theatrical. Well, yeah, because exactly. well, and because I'm pretty sure this is pr- like kind of based on the actual case in which, like, like there was this amount of energy in the courtroom, But not that much, obviously, but yeah. there there was an amount of like uh because the uh relevant people to witness the case and be there for it like had a lot to fucking say um but just the way it's it's shot it's 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 gorgeous it's it's so it's so smartly done um he follows emotion with his camera it's like i it's so simple that i don't know why more directors don't do it almost we're like i mean the best case and we'll we'll go back because I, I want to talk about like people like Alex Jennings, who is so funny to me as the judge of this case. Yeah. Um. But at the end, when the verdict is being announced and it's fr- another long take, it's a long take just on Frank. Very slowly yeah. pushing in to his face because we know that all the other characters that we love in this ensemble, we know they're all happy. We only need to see one person being happy and so we see the most captivating actor it's mm-hmm. yeah, so masterful. there's no there's just no need to cut around like we he he trusts the audience to know what's going on around this guy we know they're all celebrating like yeah. we're not fucking stupid so and he, his performance is so, yeah, good. so so why not just zoom the fuck in on a hell of an actor yeah. you know it's just so
1: simple and it's easier to do <laughs> I, yeah. are we are we in like spoilers of mangrove now. What do you want to spoil? Well like, I guess just the, the verdict. Just the very end. Yeah, just the verdict. That's the only thing to spoil I guess yes. spoilers if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, spoilers right now. Yeah. So what's genius about that too is that you can see other people around um Sean Parks, around Critchlow, who are like immediately jubilant. But like for him, it's all in his eyes and in his cheekbones that like it's almost this state of, like, it's it's uh, happy, but it's like a catatonic state almost. Like, it's almost just this, he's in shock right now. Like, it's just this. It's a release. You can see, yes, you can almost see his shoulders kind of be able to slouch down again. Like, he can finally exactly. relax.
0: Because he uh, he vocalized multiple times during this film. He was, like, like why do we want to do this? We're Mm. just going to be in this court forever. Mm. Like this is just going to be a marathon for like a little less jail time or even more jail time. Probably. Um, Like he was a resistor to the entire concept of making this into a big thing. Well, there was, there was the moment um, right before the courtroom um, piece really starts to kick in where um, the, the judge, Ian, when he's introduced and he's talking to, I believe, is the Barbara character, um, basically telling her like they want to make an example out of you, mm-hmm. you know. So there's that sensibility clashing with like, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that uh, the Leticia Wright character also wants to make an example out of this yeah, case of course. And, and and have it be a, a chess piece In the match against white supremacy in what the Black Panther is trying to accomplish. So Frank is kind of just caught in the middle of that.
1: Yeah. And that's why it's. He did not want that. Like he was like, I'll just go through. He was like, that's kind of the genius thing about the first part I mentioned because they only come once is that like he reaches a breaking point. Because he was just like, I'll just go about having this business and we'll just get raided once every week, like once (laughs) a week. And that's just my life now. (laughs) Like he was just willing to accept that until he finally hit a breaking point. There's one scene
0: in particular that it's like it's literally probably like the five or sixth time that the cops come in. Oh, it's the moment where PC police starts literally like breaking shit off of the walls on the shelves. And it's like they're not doing anything anything they're literally just sitting there hanging out and it's that exasperated breaking Mm -hmm. point that you need but even
1: still he's still reluctant (laughs) he's still just like i could take a settlement and i'd only have to go to jail for five years instead of 10 like i don't
0: one one moment that we haven't mentioned yet is when he's in the cell and the light is blasting behind him yeah God damn, what What just a moment of cinematic perfection Mm -hmm. that is. You have a guy who is essentially incarcerated, yelling into the wall, Mm -hmm. and it feels like a religious sermon, almost. (laughs) He's just letting it all out. This is another type of long tape that McQueen does a lot in both of these, which is like he does some that are so fluid that you hardly even notice that they're long takes, but he also does some that just hold Mm -hmm. on the subject way longer than you think that they're gonna. Um, and this is one of those where it just stays on him. You think it's just going to be him like angry, like end of scene and it just stays. Uh, and it's just, it's so beautiful because you want to stay on this fucking guy. This guy is like knocking it out of the park. Like McQueen knows what he's got. I feel like he knows where the emotion lies yet again. Like he knows that this is this is right after like they're in the middle of this like supposedly judicial place and they're still having injustice thrown in their face. This guy could not be more fucking pissed off. He doesn't even want to be there. And this is still happening to him. Uh, I love the angle of the camera in that scene where like when he's really close up, you're almost in his dick and then he (laughs) backs out. And yeah, it's just it's so, so good. And again, with the light just coming in from that window up top, he just he looks like angelic. Mm. It's it's gorgeous. There's a couple other just uh, camera moves that I wrote down. Um, There's the moment where. It's it's probably like the second time that the mangrove gets raided and they're pushed out of the kitchen and that strainer. It just sits on the strainer for like a minute as it's like slowly swiveling on the ground. And that's a, I mean, that's a symbolism thing if there ever was one, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, which is that it there are a lot of moves in this that are sort of more like they're they're. Pretty straightforwardly understandable, I guess. Particularly like someone like PC Pulley. There's no second layer that I saw to that guy. Am I wrong? No. I, I think the acting is good enough to keep it from being just a cardboard
1: cutout. I mean, he is kind of cartoonish, though.
0: I think the guy is is good though. No,
1: he's, he's really good. No, yeah, no, I, like I really so like nasty. that guy. Like it, that is still a talent. You can't For act you to be like that. You you can't
0: act acne scars.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> guys just got him.
1: The, the thing is, is that they were like, we have to have somebody with acne scars. The real PC pulley is hideous. <laughs> but we gotta I, find another ugly Brit. I, I feel like i
0: feel like you're onto something though because there is that moment where they somebody points out that like you never he never ascended in the precinct like yeah. in the in the police well, yeah he's not system he's not upset at them he's upset at the same system he just happens to be a part of it yeah uh, and
1: he pro- takes out his frustration on the people who are lower yeah, it's, than him It's almost as if the system is telling
0: the people lower down in the yeah. system to hate marginalized parties instead of the people that are holding them down.
1: Man, it's weird. a weird thing that nothing that yeah. we're completely away we're, from that. Yeah. Now, that Yo, so British British past. people
0: are so crazy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, thank God
1: we live in America.
0: Yeah, that shit's crazy, dude. <laughs> um but Alex Jennings as the judge though, I love. Yeah. Because <laughs> he knows I think exactly what the tone of the second half of the movie is. Yeah like he knows he's in a genre film
1: he's also like he is just as despicable no he yeah he knows he's a shit
0: (laughs) but he also is a lot smarter than pc pulley like that he knows he has to adapt to what's happening like he has gamesmanship to to every like diplomatic move he makes uh toward the um the uh defendants in the court case but you're you're right about him knowing what movie he's in because I feel like if if this could have gone very wrong this could have been a character where every time he says anything you roll your eyes no easily and I was thinking that when I when we were introduced to him because his voice is so nasally like he and the way he, like he's typecasting for a 1970s British uh, judge who's probably racist mm-hmm. <laughs> like he just is um but Could you imagine how exhaustive that would have been if, like, the judge in your court movie <laughs> was like bogging everything down? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like that—that just—I don't know if that's the casting director or McQueen or like it's, or the writing. Something the, went very right. I mean, that man is—that's good casting. Yeah, like, he. Well, re- I
1: did. I did want to give a shout out to Gary Davy as the casting director. He uh, cast all five episodes or of uh, Small Axe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh, so shout nuts. out to that guy <laughs> Yeah, because he,
0: I mean, he got the heavy hitters and he got the deep bench Yeah, exactly Like that's, it's,
1: And that's what's the thing that, I mean, throughout this entire series Like, there's just, aside from Lovers Rock, which is kind of all unknowns But there's usually, there's like, we got the one A-lister or, or the B-plus lister And then we're just gonna find dudes just out of nowhere That, yeah. like, nobody knows who have, well, are. have you seen any of the other ones? Um, no, I haven't had a chance. I started to watch. Um, uh, what's the third one called? I don't um, think there
0: are any other A-listers in,
1: well, aside from John Boyega. There's John Boyega. Um, uh, what's the third one called? I started to watch it actually earlier today, but I only got Alex, uh, a Weedle. Bit Alex Weedle. Yeah. Um, based on the writer, Alex Weedle. There's a couple
0: other uh, shots that I wrote down that I wanted to shout out. There's that moment. Um, I guess it's like right before the sort of riot really breaks out where Leticia Wright is is standing up and giving that speech on the, the megaphone. There's a there's a shot where it focuses on the raindrops because it starts raining on the car that she's standing on. And you can see her reflection in the car. And I just I just felt like nobody else would take the time to put that in the fucking movie, (laughs) like just a reflection of the car with the raindrops on it. I just thought that was so beautiful. And then the other one is more towards the end is when they're shuffling back into like the side room away from the courtroom and the shot starts on the feet as they're sitting on the, the chairs and then it slowly moves up to their faces he does that a lot and it's it's always good man any other director would not do that you would you would set up a standard shot and just you wouldn't take the time to shoot it that way from the feet moving up
1: or it would be in a more showy fashion and that's why i mean like they such a good director without being athletic and sometimes i mean athletic direction isn't always a bad thing i mean think about like Birdman or 1917 or most Deacon's joints for that Venture movies. But yeah, Fincher movies. But like he is able to do so much dynamic camera work in such a confined space that it doesn't ever feel showy, anything that he's doing. Yeah,
0: you just you feel what you're supposed to feel because of the camera. You don't see mm-hmm. you don't just see what you're it's supposed to It's all
1: visual storytelling. I mean, that's just yeah. this guy's expertise. He he rules.
0: Uh and I it took me until now to really realize the extent of how good he is. Um, but it's it's just so so impressive. I mean this the concept of this whole series is impressive. I I don't un- know what's particular like can this run as a movie? And dude, I so, don't, I don't fucking I know. Think a mangrove. This
1: is, I think this is technically Emmy eligible as like a TV movie. So I, mangrove, I mean, can't got... win then. Mangrove can't <laughs> yeah, run. For sorry, Oscars? bad education. <laughs> I yeah. think that you're out. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Dude, that's fucked up. What no, what no. are we doing? I this is well, I <laughs> this is kind of like breaking what cuz this isn't even a mini series. Like this is just I a mean, movie. I mean, if if if
0: Trial of the Chicago 7 gets more Oscar nominations than Mangrove, like I just <laughs> throw look, the buddy, whole thing guess out. Somebody
1: that might happen. <laughs> God <laughs> fuck, dude. God damn it. Um, th- I mean, it, it's going to win Emmys like it's going to whatever Awards it is eligible For this shit's gonna sweep up Whether it's the Oscars or the Emmys that doesn't really matter Necessarily because right. I don't Think McQueen I mean McQueen is gonna call these films So I don't know what exactly it's Gonna run for I don't know it's, it depends it's, on Honestly Amazon? I think it's gonna be Amazon is gonna yeah. be the Determining factor of all that But well
0: They premiered at the New York Film Festival Oh and they Anchor were official they were official selection at Can, which uh, does not show television.
1: I, um, I, I wanna uh Can actually they showed uh, Twin Peaks the Return. There. So Okay, yeah, so you take got that your back.
0: Lynch reference in in the fucking episode.
1: <sighs> Bada bing! Gabagool! Um,
0: I I wanna I do wanna recommend these uh like personally to listeners who might think this is an anthology limited series. And the first episode is two fucking hours. No way. Because that's what I thought. (laughs) I was like, what are we watching this week? Like the first episode of this is a movie. (laughs) It is. Um, And these are worth it. Like they, they, you get a lot of emotional punch out of them. Uh, You get, you get empathy out of them. You get, Uh, a particular feeling you you always get the feeling you're supposed to feel um and that to me is really special in filmmaking because that can be lost because making a movie is so much you know technically it's so complicated so much more than that that you can lose the emotional through line of what you're supposed to be experiencing and i i actually felt what i was supposed to feel while watching these and that's honestly a little bit rare to me like nowadays you're And that's fine. Like watching something like Mank. I didn't like it as much as either of these. I'm going to be honest. Especially when we're confined to watching things at home. I think that when you're stuck in a theater and you're just staring at that big ass screen, there's just a higher probability of you having a more intense reaction to it. But when you're just at home, on your couch, in your bed, what have you, it's just a higher or, or, or lower probability of that emotional reaction happening. And, it's, and that's yeah. just the reality. And right it now. still works. And I don't I'm not like necessarily talking a ton of shit about Mank, but Mank is not about the emotional through line at all. It's really, really not. And that's fine. There are a lot of movies that are really great that aren't about like making you feel that much I'm, unless you feel a lot about 1930s Hollywood. I
1: do personally. And that's why Mank is the best film ever <laughs> since the 1930s. It's uh
0: david fincher is not an empathetic filmmaker because he's a sociopath um which is fine because that's why he makes the best movies he's a pervert, yeah, I mean, that's, but um it's it's just a different thing and i gravitate a little bit more toward movies like this that i because I, I, <laughs> that's shortchanging fincher because he is capable of very empathetic filmmaking and when he wants to make you feel uh, bad emotions <laughs>
1: when he wants to make Speaking, people- I, I I don't want to turn this into an because I know I'm the highest on mank uh from based on our last episode that we did but I think that what this does showcase is Steve McQueen I can almost guarantee you because Steve McQueen is still like he still has kind of some classic Hollywood filmmaker DNA in him. oh totally I think he wanted to make this he wanted to make mangrove and just put it out in theaters but he couldn't get money for it and he couldn't get money for lovers rock to make that a feature-length movie and put that out in theaters and he couldn't get money to make any of these ideas and part of that is because he is black and he's telling black stories and he probably if he took it to uh i don't know to warner brothers or even to an a twenty four probably would have been or accepted. Yeah, but it probably
0: you, needs a bigger budget. You know that, what? A lot of these studios would say though is get rid of the patois. Oh yes. wow! Yeah. These movies are yeah. are largely using vocabularies that we don't know. I, well, think, that's, and that's, I think that's something that's I why... said I said earlier is is the close captioning. I had to watch Mangrove yeah, with close totally. captioning. Yeah, totally. I mean, there yeah, there are just a lot of words that we're not familiar with, and that's awesome. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like I mean, I'm, I'm that happened. That I yeah.
0: Because Me? also this this particular like this particular Patois is like it, it's very emotion based and it's like the coolest to hear to your ears, regardless of if you know the words or not. It's just as very like pleasing to hear. Mm-hmm. um And like these these films without it would just be nothing. It'd be disingenuous yeah. to yeah. what you're seeing. If they were just speaking with British accents. Oh, my <laughs> God, that would suck. <laughs> well, especially in the time period. Mangrove is set in 1970. Mm-hmm. Lover's Rock is set like sometime in yeah, the 80s. Yeah, well, and they're they're almost entirely starring first generation immigrants like they have to be like this It, it just, they just have to be this way like it's a compromise thing that there, you, you just can't lose this there's a moment at the end of mangrove where um he talks to one of his patrons at the cafe and the guy's visibly much older than him and he's like i'm going back I'm I'm going yeah. back to the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. I can't do it anymore here. You may have won this battle, but the war's not done, and we don't know how it's gonna turn out. Um, and that really got to me. I was like, yeah, yeah. It, it yeah, looking back from the year 2020, war's still going, man. Yeah. It's yeah. also that's also just like a lovely bit of writing because then uh Sean Parks is like this this here is like the home this like the, home. the mangrove is the home and then yeah. the guy goes i'm going back inside <laughs> <laughs> it's so good that's like unreal writing the 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 other thing I'd, i'll say is just like i do think that lovers rock is the more approachable one if we're recommending it to people mangrove is just a little heftier a little bit weightier a little bit more you just have to kind of there's more of a buy in to it i do think that lovers rock um it's just so easy
1: yeah you just i'd say mangrove is more accessible though because it is more traditional well, yeah i yeah it's, as it's a movie
0: as a yeah. mood though like to yeah, me but I'm lovers gonna, rock you could you
1: can put that on I mean I'm not time. gonna tell my mom like hey you want just like a nice 70 minutes just vibe, vibe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. that's a harder sell no, to just I, to average people I, I kind of agree yeah, like
0: yeah, like for for me like like rewatching it would be lovers rock yeah, of course probably. but like for just like a person uh, I think that a lot of people would be like this is like the." 20th minute of watching people dance
1: (laughs) they'd be like wait they're singing silly games again it's still going should I skip ahead
0: (laughs) I I, yeah that's a good point and I do feel like people might turn on lovers rock and be like this is half a movie what the fuck
1: it just ended no they'd be like maybe I should have started with episode one instead (laughs) that probably would have set up all of this right yeah no i i
0: get that i'm just saying like in terms of like what you're investing into the thing yeah. i think mangrove yeah, demand shorter if yeah. you know more that you're gonna like the general outlook of what this is then you can just put on up too. yeah you know because it you you can get into it you know I'm curious to see the other three. Yeah. I mean, I, I bought in. I'm gonna watch them. And I honestly didn't think I was gonna watch. And to. they're all the other three are all are uh, uh around an hour. So yeah. they're not uh, mangrove is the only one that's like feature film length. So that's small axe, mangrove and lovers wrong. That's what we thought of it. Please let us know what you thought of it. We bought a mic at gmail.com at we bought a mic on Twitter. Um Check out our catch up this week if you haven't already. Check out um, our upcoming Oscar episode. <laughs> and we also have Wonder Woman 1984 and Soul right around the corner before we get into the big old Listomania annual roundup of the best TV movies and albums of the year. Also, we're doing a special extra listomania this year, um, of our favorite first watches, first viewings of the year. Um, so stick around for that. That's I all think, coming I around. I think Hunter might have a couple for that episode.
1: I've really oh. seen, I'm actually kind of I'm actually like kind of out on movies. I'm into like amorphous projects that could be TV or yeah. movie or music. I'm into or a, podcast. Like, I'm into announcements. My number one podcast of the year: Investor
0: Days. <laughs> That's all we're talking. <laughs> no- top ten Investor Days of the year.
1: <laughs> all right, my number one stock this year is S and P. <laughs> yeah, it's just been rising and rising. Number two, Pfizer. You yeah. got to jump in on that early. <laughs> got to make calls on Tesla.
0: <laughs> it keeps it keeps going up. Bill Bill has had antibodies already for like three months. If, yeah, I think if you make more than fifty million in a year, I think that you got vaccinated on day one. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, every <laughs> unless well no because I think a lot of those people are like I don't need it.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like I I live I'm in actually my big, my big strong ivory man. tower.
0: Thanks for listening. Stick around. We got good stuff coming at you. 2021 is around the corner. Who knows what'll happen? Maybe more to be or not to be.
1: Oh, hell yeah.
0: I got, I have another game show I'm cooking up. There you go. And uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. We're teasing it. We're vibing with it. Let us know what you thought of Small Axe. And um, stick around. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye.